First, I do want to thank um, some of you, many of you, all of you, who said happy birthday in one way or another, personally through old school ways, through cards or um, uh, through uh, uh, Facebook, whatever it was. And what was really uh, interesting was we went, went home then for uh, Easter and lunch and got to spend the whole afternoon in opening cards um, from you. And there were only two repeats. Only two duplicates, and one of them was from a mother and a daughter in the, the church. And I thought that was an interesting sociological study. But uh, thank you um, for, for that. Um, you know, and this, this Sunday now, as we flow from Easter Sunday, as, as said, mentioned, into now, what does it mean to live into the reality of, uh, of Easter? Um, I was, uh, as I was reading and studying, I uh, um, uh, realized many times uh, I've encouraged, and, and you hear this a lot, you know, that you want to invite the living Christ into your life. You know, you want to invite Jesus into your life. And that's it's a good way, a good way to, to think about it, a good metaphor for what it means to be a Christian. But as I was reading, a, a, a gentleman wrote an article said, you know, let's flip that. Let's not say, let's invite Jesus into your life, you know, because your life's a wreck. So maybe the best thing is that Jesus is inviting us into his life. Yeah, I like that. That's an interesting little turn of a phrase, a way to, to flip that. What does it mean that we, that Jesus says, why don't you come live in me, live with me instead of I come live with uh, with you. And so last Sunday at Easter in our passage today, we're, we're going to explore and actually throughout this series, this regenerating series, what does it mean that Jesus is inviting us to live in his life with him? That we join him, that we join him as we talked about in his death. That he, he died to sin, he died to evil, he, he died to judgment, he died to selfishness and apathy. And that he was raised and we join him in the resurrection where he's now, he, we're with him in the resurrection into the newness of life, of compassion and truth and righteousness and, and love. And we're going to have a, a couple baptisms if all goes according to plan and all the questions are answered correctly. Then we'll have a, and the baptism is really a metaphor, one of those pictures of that we die with Christ and then are raised to new life in Him. And that, that life is then you know, regenerating, always regenerating, being made new in us. Because we, we don't arrive in this life. Now, um, playing off of our uh, series in the fall we called Regeneration, where we talked about the building you know, being regenerated, you know, that, so, and you can see some of the stuff around where the building is being regenerated, you know, like different sidewalks and stuff like that, and, and regeneration can happen, and then it's done, the sidewalks are there, but in our lives, we're always regenerating, we're on a journey of regenerating, of living with Jesus. And so today in our, our passage, we're, we're going to look at really the, the, this first part of Colossians 3. It gives the, the theological foundation for what this means that we're on a regenerating journey. Um, or as we'll look at it, what it means to be in eternal life. 
What, what does that mean? We say that a lot, eternal life. What exactly does that mean? It means to be living with Jesus. Well, what, what are some of the elements of eternal life, of this journey of regenerating? Um, so, Colossians 3, starting with verse 1, um, on 957 in your pew Bible, you can turn there, or um, you can follow along on the, the screen, or whatever form or mode you have the Scriptures. Uh, let's, let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your written word as it speaks to us of your, your truth. And we ask your Holy Spirit would now flow in us, open our minds, open our souls to, to hear you, to receive from you, um, to, to point our attention um, to, to you, to, to point our attention above to what is good and right and true, what is compassionate um, and just. We give ourselves to you. Speak to us in this time. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, Colossians 3, starting with verse 1. So, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, the the first thing that I want to look at when it comes to eternal life, really, there's there's two aspects, two elements of what this phrase, eternal life, means. It it gives both the, there's a quantity of life. How long is this life? And there's also a quality of life. What what is the essence? What is the nature? What is the character of this life? So it's it's both quantity and quality. And so the first thing I want to look at is the quantity of life that that we are now Jesus has invited us to live with him. We are raised into new life with him. Well then what does that mean for the the certainty of the quantity of our lives? Well, if we are with Christ, then we know that for that eternal life means forever because he is forever. Um, in verse verse one, there, you know, where he says we've been raised with Christ, and so we are, and, and Christ is at the end of that sentence seated at the right hand of God. Now, that's actually a technical term. It's used a lot in the Old Testament, throughout the, the Bible, just to say, you know, he's like the, the right-hand man. He has the, the same power that, that God has. I mean, there is no throne. There is no literal throne. Matter of fact, God doesn't even have a right hand. God is spirits. Um, but these are metaphors that we use to, to try to understand um, and, and to, to, to communicate the, the power that, that Jesus has. Now, And so he's at the the right hand of God, which means he has access to all the the heavenly launch codes. Okay? He he knows the codes and has total power to push the button and send the missiles of heaven. You know, wherever and whenever it's to happen. That's the kind of power that he has. And so if we're with him, then he has the power of life forever. And then, then you look at in verse 3, he says that 
Set your mind on, uh, uh, on the things above, uh, for your, you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, if that's not the double knot eternal security, I don't know what is. I mean, I'll take either one of those. I'll be hidden with Christ. That's good. Or I'll be hidden in God. But now, he's saying that your life, my life, if we're with Christ, then we are hidden with Christ in God. See, that, the, the, the double knot, that, I mean, that's a safe that's never going to be cracked. That's a program that's never going to be hacked. That this is how secure our life with God is forever. The e- eternal life means forever. And then you see it at the end. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. So there is still a day to come when Christ will be revealed in His fullness, when He will return, and then He will come in the fullness of His glory. He will return in, in beauty and, and power in the, as He radiates the very glory of God. And this is our same destiny, to be revealed with Him for eternity. It's because we're with Him. Because we're in Him. This is the invitation that He makes for us to join with Him. I mean, even in that last part, Christ who is your life. Not just a part of it, but who is our life. And, you know, we have absolutely nothing to do with this. We're just with Him. We're just along for the ride. It is His power and His might. It is His glory. It is His protection that we are hidden in. We simply are with Him and in Him. So I was thinking about this, you know, this, this, this scandalous grace, this, this total dependence um, and receiving from God all that we had. I, I wondered about you know, people who were made royalty you know, as children. You know, they had absolutely nothing to do with it. They were just born at the right time to the right people, you know. Or you can even think about some of the, you know, recent president's children, whether it's the Clintons or whether it's um, uh, uh, the um, uh, Obama's children, whether it's uh, um, Trump's uh, son, you know. I mean, they're just along for the ride. And now they're in the White House. Well, I was, uh, I found a king, King, um, king Shakur, Shah Shakur, and he was a king in the 300s. And he, so the, the legend is, he, he, was, a, he was a king. Um, it, uh, it was actually Shah Shapur II. And it was the uh, Sassanid Empire, and, which is basically Iraq, Persia, Persian Empire, 4th century. Well, King Shapur got to be king even while he was in the womb because his dad died before he was born. So the queen was carrying him in the womb and dad died and so the legend has it that they knew, this was before the days of ultrasound, they, they knew this was going to be a boy and so the nobles of the Persian Empire came and brought a crown and put it on Mama's belly. 
to say, you are now king. And he eventually was born and ruled for 70 years in uh, that particular empire. But he was a king even before he was born. And he had absolutely nothing to do with being royalty. And that's who we are. Because we're in Christ. We are with Christ. We are royalty with Him forever. That's the quantity of eternal life as we join with Jesus in life. Now, the flip side and the other side of, uh, the, uh, of, our, of eternal life is the quality of life. What kind of life is it that we live? And, and we live with Christ in glory. So, that, again, that last part, that we're going to be with Him in glory. We know that a day will come that we will be with Him in glory, which we, we call the glorified state of being. Um, uh, that we, where then we are regenerated. That, that's what will happen when He is revealed and we are revealed with Him. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 says that then, then we will see Him and be like Him on that day. So, so we know that is the quality of life as well as the quantity. That is ours because we are with Christ. We are in Christ. We are royalty, kings and queens of the kingdom of God. And that's what the quality of this life is. It's to be qualified by the kingdom of God, the, the character of Jesus, the, the, the reign and rule of God. That's the journey of regenerating See, because you think about King um, Shapur, he had a little bit of regenerating to do before he could be king, right? I mean, he was king. He, the nobles had crowned him already in utero, and then he had a few things to do on his journey to be king, like walking and talking and potty training. Yeah, and had to get those, those things were part of the journey. He was still king. That was his status. That was his position. And we, likewise, are on a journey, walking, talking, and potty training, in a way, of living with Christ in eternal life today. This is to be worked out in our lives. And Christ has secured us. He's hidden us. He's raised us with Him. And one day will glorify us with Him. In that heavenly reality. But now, what Paul says, so if you've been raised with Christ, if that's your reality, then seek the things that are above where Christ is. Or the next sentence, set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. 
Now, I want to talk about that second part where it says, not on the things that are on earth. He's not denying the physical reality of our... He's not in some way demeaning the earth, demeaning the world. Matter of fact, he's doing just the opposite. Because if you read the whole of, whole of Colossians, what you'll see what was happening in the church in those days is they thought that spiritual life, the regenerating journey, was just believing the right things and then re- certain religious practices you were supposed to do. You know, certain foods you could eat and certain foods you couldn't eat. Certain things you had to do on certain days. Burning incense or sacrifices or different things like that. You know, those were certain things that they, they had to do. And they, and Paul was saying, no, those are earthly things. What, what is to happen here is that your journey is to be one where you are transformed from an earthly, living according to the earthly ways, living according to the ways of this world, to living according to the ways of heaven. That's this regenerating journey that you're on. And the ways of this world, the ways of this world are always diligently pursuing your attention. They are always after informing your desires. And Paul is saying, so no, you, you want to, to live according to the ways of heaven, but you want to live it right now on earth. You don't wait till that day. The regenerating journey. I sort of woke up there, didn't I? A few of y'all sort of knocked up. Yeah, y'all riding that roller coaster. Whoa, hey. But rightly so. Because it, this is not just getting our ticket punched for heaven. That's not why Jesus died. He didn't just die for one part of eternal life. He died and was raised to death so that we might live into the newness of life. We might join Him in life. And we participate in that by just by seeking the things above and by setting your minds on the thing, by doing and thinking the ways of heaven. Right now. That, but that's our journey. It's a journey that we are on in, in pursuing the ways of heaven, in pursuing the character of Jesus that is real in our lives, in obeying what God calls us to do. And that may not be what we want to do. It may not be what we feel like doing. It may not be what we're doing right now. But what He wants to lead us into the way that is eternal life right now and that doesn't happen by living according to what I say or what you say. It's according to how He calls us to live. To live into the status that we are as royalty in the kingdom. Now we might choose to live otherwise. We might choose to live as less than the royalty that we are in Him. But He calls us and has already placed us. Already given us that life eternal. So let's live into that. Now, um, there are all kinds of illustrations about how the the world around us is always forming us. It's always um, at work, uh, and it's uh, um, forming our desires. It's 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 leading us to certain actions and attitudes and thoughts. It happens. All, there's all kinds of studies that that show that. I mean, there are all kinds of studies that show uh, correlate, correlation um, uh, to um, how many commercials you watch and uh, your um, your honesty and how you handle money, how you handle sex. I mean, it's, it's amazing. 
the impact. Here's, my, here's one of my favorites when I looked at this. Is this is this a study with children, elementary age uh, children. And uh, um, they, they sat before the, these children two plates of food. And actually the children didn't know this, but the food on both plates was exactly the same. It was prepared the same, it came from the same place, and they put it in front of the, the children. And yet they were able to predict almost 100% accuracy which food, which plate the child would say they liked the most, even though it was the same food. And almost 100% accuracy, they could say the child's going to like the, pl- the, the food in plate B because the food on plate B was wrapped in a yellow McDonald's wrapper <laughs> or somehow wrapped in the Golden Arches paraphernalia. So it may have been food from McDonald's or it may have been from somebody's kitchen, but it didn't matter. What the child said was the best food was the child was the food on plate B wrapped some way in the golden arches. Some of the, the kids, as I looked at it, some of the kids had never even eaten McDonald's before. But because of the commercials or because of the power of the just the incessant marketing, that was the food that was going to be better. Now, I was joking with some folks last night about that, and we were saying, you know, for adults, it would probably be just the opposite. It would be the same food, and we would pick the food not in the the wrapper. But it would be the opposite thing, but the same power and force. We are kings and queens, hidden in Christ with God. Because we've been died with Him. We've been raised with Him. Paul calls us now to seek the things that are above. To, to seek them and to think them. Not just our actions, but also our attitudes. And one day, it will be true in our experience. But until then, what we're called to is in a life of humility. A life of humility and honesty uh, with, with God. You know, why every Sunday we gather and part of what we do is we confess our sins. We, we say how we're, we're not living according to what is above, but we're living according to what is around. And we long to live according to what is above. Now, and again, that... That's why we, we confess and then we, we release that guilt and we receive the scandalous grace of Jesus. So the hard question for us is, what are you doing to seek and to think on what is above? What, what are you doing to do that? What, what, what are we doing? How much, how much are you simply being formed by His Word? How much are you you're being formed by relationships with people where you're truly seeking to follow Jesus together and not just make it through life? But you're really trying to follow Jesus together. That you're, that you're challenging one another to obey Him. You know, I, as, as I sat with this and um, wanted to preach to myself before coming to preach to you, 
I, I realized that, you know, there, there's a real um, tendency these days to skim through life. You know, we're taught that. Skimming means is we're really efficient, you know. And, and, and if, you're, if you really spend much time on the Internet, you're taught to skim, you know. I mean, you look at every page, maybe 1.7 seconds. <laughs> That's it. And you, you get the picture and you move on. I, I find myself skimming and reading the Bible. Just sort of get the picture. What's it saying? And is there anything for me? And move on. I find myself skimming in prayer. And what I, I realized for me is means I need to stop doing some things. There's a lot of things I'm doing. Yeah, and most of them are good. They're good things. I imagine the same for most of you. That what you're doing is good things. Probably better things than I'm doing. But is it based... Am I setting my mind, am I setting my actions on what's around or what's above? And unless we participate in our intentional in, in placing effort in the seeking our mind on what is above, we will be infected by what is around. And we'll live according to that. It's because it's so powerful. So I'm going to give you permission in eight weeks. After we go through this Colossians series, I want you to ask me, what did you give up? What, what did you give up? What you stop? What good thing did you stop doing so that you could obey the word and set your mind on the things that are above? And in eight weeks, if I say nothing, then you have the permission to ask me that again and again and again until I do, or I'm so frazzed out I don't even know your name anymore. <laughs> but maybe that's the same for you. That you find yourself skimming in, in life, and in life with Jesus, you're just sort of skimming with Him instead of really seeking Him and setting your mind on Him. What I encourage you to do um, as we, in these next uh, several weeks, we're going to walk through um, uh, Colossians 3 and 4. And it's in this that Paul gives some real clear directions. I mean, he's like, this is about living this out in your life. And he's going to, we're going to have one on, on social media, you know, regenerating social media, uh, regenerating families. This should have, this should have bearing on um, how a husband and wife treat one another, how parents and children treat one another. This should have bearing on how you treat employees, how you, you, how you treat your work that you do. This should have bearing. We didn't get this one. It just wasn't quite in there. But for next time we do a series like this, it should have bearing on how you drive your vehicle. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that you're, you're still living out. We're still regenerating, even when we're behind the wheel uh, on uh, I-75 at the Brent Spence Bridge at 5 p.m. So re- read through uh, chapter three and, and four, or if you're really, you know, you're really going for it, read the whole book of Colossians. You know, extra credit for reading the whole whole book. But to be reading through that and listening and seeking, setting our mind on the things that are above, living into the life that we already have in Jesus. The quantity and quality of eternal life. 
And one thing that we'll also do um, is we'll con- um, regularly throughout this, this series um, just want to, ha- to, to bring home, to digest this particular passage, Colossians 3.17. And really make this our memory verse for this series. So in closing, what I want us to, to do is stand up and let's just say this together. Colossians 3.17. And let's affirm God's Word. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray together. Almighty God, uh, we give you praise and adoration that we are, because of your choice, because of your work, we are with you, we are in you, we are hidden with Christ in you, and uh, that we are, are secure both the, the length of our life with you and even the quality of our life with you. is secure. It's made whole and complete in Jesus. And we look forward to that day. And now, today, we, we ask that you and the power of your Spirit will make that real in us uh, on this regenerating journey. May your, your grace and mercy pour over us. Uh, that, that gives us uh, forgiveness in every way and your grace and mercy that works in us to regenerate us in obedience to you and in the fullness of, of living out that grace and that truth. And, and, uh, and Father, we, we lift one another up to you. We, we ask that you would be at work in us as a people. We pray your, your hand of, of healing on one another, those where relational um, uh, challenges or there's need of, of uh, relational reconciliation. We, we pray for those who are, um, who are caught up in, in the lies of this world, in, in the addictions of this world, that you would bring your eternal life to bear in their lives on a regenerating journey. On those who are... Um, uh, whatever the addiction might be, whether it's to money, whether it's to sex, pornography, any substance of addiction, Lord, we pray your, your healing, regenerating work. Uh, Lord, we pray your regenerating work in us for those in need of jobs, in need of work. And Almighty God, we also lift up to you uh, Nancy Rice and her family and the, the death of, uh, of Nancy's husband, uh, Jim. Pray your hand in peace upon them and the sure and certain hope of the resurrection and the, the, the sure and certain hope of the quantity of eternal life and the quality of eternal life, even through death. May in their grief and their loss, they experience that hope. Now, gracious God, we, we offer ourselves to you. We, we lift up one another um, to you. And as, as your church, we, we seek to be a, a, a community that's living on a regenerating journey together. Living into um, what, it, what it means to be your people and, and uh, living with you. Living as 
continuing to be regenerating as kings and queens of your kingdom. Hear us as we pray together. Dear God, make us into your community for your glory. Connect us in Jesus no matter our differences. Lead us to serve the world like Jesus no matter the cost. Help us to celebrate you no matter the circumstances. We need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us for greater works than Jesus. Amen.